0: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> we thank the Lord for another day. He allows us to see health and strength and activity of our limbs. Amen. God is good. Amen. And we just bless his name <clears throat> for all his many blessings. We're going to continue in our lesson in our series, Personal Convictions. Personal Convictions. Tonight, uh, we're going to go into part four. And for most of tonight, we'll be in uh, in Romans, the 14th chapter. Romans chapter 14. And for most of the rest of the uh, series, we'll be in in Romans chapter 14. We'll do a little flipping, but uh, I hope to minimize as much flipping through the the Bible as possible. So we can... uh, move along, but at the same time, I'm still going to ask you to jot down the scriptures that I refer to, so you can go back on your own time and do your own research, so you can be like the Bereans that Paul talked about, that searched the scriptures to see if these things were so, and not to just take my word uh, or any preacher's word, but to take the word of God and to study it. And to see what thus says the word of God. I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible a version again. My favorite version of the Bible. You may have the King James Version and that's okay. Uh, you're getting the least amount of clarification. It's King James, but that's okay to each his own. But uh, that's the version I'll be reading from tonight. Romans 14. And we're going to see if we can get down through at least through verses 13 tonight. And I'm going to read uh, these verses of scripture in your hearing. Romans 14. Now, and except the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. One person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables only the one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat and the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats for God has accepted him who are you to judge the servant of another to his own master he stands or fall and he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand one person regards one day above another Another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord. And he who eats does so for the Lord. For he gives thanks to God. And he who eats not for the Lord he does not eat. And give thanks to God. For not one of us lives for himself. Not one of us dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord. Or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. But you, why do you judge your brother? For you again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this. Not to put an obstacle or stumbling block in a brother's way. And here we will end the reading of God's Word. And we'll try to go through each verse and try to unpack what the scripture is saying to us as best we can, the Lord willing. And now. We have built up to this section in our study where we talked about the world, the world's concept of what a conscience is, the world's concept of what is good, bad, or about the conscience. And then we went through the different types of conscience, evil, good, bad, pure. And now we're getting down to the meat of our study. talking about the convictions that we form as Christians. We're not talking about the unsaved or the unbeliever, but we're talking about the convictions that we form as believers, as saints, as Christians and which is totally different from the way the world formed their convictions. Few though that they may have. So tonight, we're going to be focusing focusing on guiding principles for a healthy conscience. Because we, as saints of God, hopefully we have asked the Lord to clean our conscience, get our conscience back to the place that it ought to be. Now, our focus is to keep it there. Keep our conscience healthy, good, vibrant, a functioning conscience the way that God has intended for our conscience to function in a healthy way. So here's where we'll begin tonight. But there was a there was there was there was a story that one preacher told. He said he knew of a of a preacher that uh, he was a preacher for a while. He was a pastor for a while, and uh, he decided to stop pastoring and to become a funeral director. He, he opened up a funeral parlor and, 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 and so the man asked him why did you stop preaching and become a funeral director? He said well he said I got tired of trying to straighten people out. He said I've spent five years trying to straighten out the Smiths marriage and it never got straightened out. I spent spent three years with Susan trying to get her straightened out. 17 months with John, he never got straightened out. But he said, by God, when I straighten them out now, they stay straightened. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but that's what, <laughs> that's what we as saints, as Christians, we're always trying to straighten somebody out. It's not our job to straighten nobody out. It's God's business to straighten people out. Huh? We'll give ourselves a heart attack and always trying to straighten somebody out. And that's 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 what a conviction is. A personal conviction is yours. It's mine. It has nothing to do with what somebody else may think. But we're going to get into that. Okay, but before we get started here, I want to say this. The reason I teach and the reason Pastor Morrison teaches the way she teaches is because we have been given an ability by God, whether some people think it's good, bad, or indifferent, they don't mean, no, never mind. We've been given an ability by God, and so has every other teacher, every other preacher, every other saint that that is in the role of leadership to teach God's word to his people, you have been given an ability with that skill. And, And I'm going to give an account one day for the gift that God has given me and for the way I teach his word. And if you're a teacher, minister, whatever pastor, you're going to give an account too. I can't just teach the word how I want to and how I think I'm feeling and what's the uh, uh, going opinion of the day what's popular what are people saying what are... I'm going to give an account for how I teach the word of God. This is the mind of God written to the people of God and he expects us to teach the word the way he wrote the word and that's why personal convictions are so important. Just like James chapter 3, verse 1. And I must say, it is because of this v- verse in this scripture, uh, 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 it had a huge effect on, on how I teach and on what I teach. Listen to what James 3 and 1 says. He says, Do not become teachers in large numbers. Everybody don't try to be a teacher. Why? He says, Since you know, he said, that we, he included himself. He said, we who are teachers will incur a stricter judgment. So in other words, James is saying, not only you, but me. He said, when we are in the role of teacher, teaching God's word, whatever capacity may be. He said, when we stand before God in judgment, <laughs> we're going to incur the stricter judgment. Just like when I was growing up. Sometimes we would do things, and my mother would make us go out to the yard and pick our own switch. We may not come back with no little little twig or something, or she's going to go out there and get a big switch, and she's going to get one of them green ones that's limbo, that won't break. And, and so so when we're teaching the Word, we're going to get a big stick when we stand before God, and we're going to be judged by it. So that's why it's so important we can't just... say anything we want to say when it comes to teaching God's Word. That's why I know a lot of people are going to disagree with, with what I'm saying tonight, but that's neither here nor there, because the Word of God backs it up. And I just want to show you what the Word of God is saying. And hopefully it will help you to understand the Word of God, unbiased, unfiltered, just strictly what the word of God is saying and another thing is God is listening to my teaching he's listening to your teaching oh yeah he is and and, and he will judge us for the teaching of his word he will judge me for teaching my own opinions what I think or what I feel he's going to judge me for that instead of teaching his truth teaching his truth And it takes courage to tell the truth. It takes courage because oftentimes when you find out that the truth is not what most people believe or what most people agree with, they will ostracize ostracize you. They will uh, put you out of the flock like you're an ugly duckling. Uh Uh-huh. That's okay. You're a teacher, right? You're a minister. Ain't that that what we're called to do? So... There was an old adage that says, either lead or get out the way. You can't do both. You can't be a leader and you can't be a follower. So I would just admonish for every teacher of God's word teach the truth. Teach the truth. Well, what is the truth? That's, that's the first thing we have to do. Find out what the truth is. Find out what the truth is. And, and it just amazes me how. We, saints, we can go to college and get a, a degree in psychology. We can become doctors and lawyers. And, 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 and we understand that when we go to the doctor, when we look upon that doctor's wall, and we see that his degree was from this place and from that, we, we, we can rest assured he's a reputable doctor. She's a reputable doctor because they got a degree, a degree from a reputable, reputable university or institution. Uh, you're not going to go to a feel-good doctor. You're going to go to a doctor that has been to school. Mm-hmm. It's only in our religion that we just, uh, we just think we can just come to God's word and just make up. Stuff. No, no. Find out what the truth is and then teach the truth. Unapologetically. Okay? All right. Yeah, We got that out of the way. Okay. Romans 14 and 1. And it says here, healthy guiding principles for a healthy conscience. He said, he said now, Paul is writing here, and Romans is known as the Christian Constitution. If we could give, all of God's word is inspired, and it's all very helpful for us, for the, uh, 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 you know, for the instruction in righteousness. But Romans has so much of what it takes to live this Christian life in the New Testament, it's called by most people the, the Christian Constitution. And we would be uh it will behoove us if we become familiar with the principles of Romans. Anyway, Romans 14 and 1. Principles of conscience. He said, Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. Now he says, Paul says. Now accept the one who is weak in faith. Let's focus on the word accept and weak. And this word accept means, he said, welcome. Welcome the one who is weak. You know, and now that word weak, we're not talking about weak in the flesh, weak in the body. Weak in faith. That word weak is immature in their faith. Not in the saving faith, not for not for the faith of their salvation, but they're weak in their in their faith. You know how you believe in God. Some people believe that the Lord will uh, will give me this house, or the Lord will help me to get my degree, and the Lord will help me to do this, help me, help me do that. And as the scripture says, according to your faith. Some people are weaker in faith. That does not mean they're not saved. Their faith is just a little bit weaker than yours. That's why the Bible says, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. So he said, accept them, welcome them. Mm-hmm. Huh? Just because they're not faith, faith is as strong as you, yours. And then he said, look, he said, then don't welcome them for the purpose of passing judgment. Mm-hmm. Look, well, yeah, come on in and we'll, we'll straighten you out. We'll, We'll get you, look you looking like the rest of us or talking like the rest. You become, no, no, that ain't why you accept them. That's right. He said, not for the purpose, look, of passing judgment. What, passing judgment on the theology? No. Passing judgment on how they believe? No. He said, passing judgment on his opinions. Mm-hmm. So that lets us know we all have an opinion. And it has nothing to do with our salvation. See? We all have a different view on things that has nothing to do with salvation. An opinion in the Bible is an opinion in Webster's Dictionary. It just has the same meaning. We have differing opinions. So, I may have a person come from Baptist faith, come to our congregation, a person from a Pentecostal, Holy faith. Come to worship God. He's a, welcome him. Accept her. Not to dress him up or dress him down, just accept them. Huh? You know, coming in the door that a person that comes from a Baptist faith is not gonna have the same opinions as some coming from a Pentecostal faith. What did the scripture say do? Welcome him, accept him. Did the scripture say, Well, 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 we know that you don't have the, the whole truth? No, he did say that. It says, welcome him. Verse two. Look what it says here. One person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who eats, but he who eats, let me read that again. One person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables only. Now we know that Paul here is focusing, focusing on food, and he gonna get down in in to this chapter where he talked about different days and things. Those were some of the hang-ups that the Jewish community and the Greek uh, believing in saints at that time, that's some of the things that they were dealing with. That does spill over into some of the things we believe today, but that's not the only thing he's talking about here. He's talking about for any differences of opinions that don't have nothing to do with Salvation or oh God's word. Now he says, so so this is the example that he's using: one that eats meat and one that don't eat meat. We can apply that to today too, to those that decide to eat meat. Oh, you don't eat no meat, so so if that means you're not saved. Or well, you eat meat, so you're not saved. That has the Paul says that has nothing to do with it. And we can apply that same principle to somebody that I'm gonna jump ahead. But, but I, I'm going to jump ahead. We can, sign, we can apply the same principle to somebody that wears earrings and somebody that don't. Nah. Oh, well, well, she's not safe. She wore earrings. Hmm. Not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. You see what I'm talking about? Nah. See what I'm saying now? A lot of this foolishness we've been taught in the church to have nothing to do with God's word. Let's move on. Verse 3. No, uh, back to verse 2. i got a comment I want to show in Verse 2. One has faith may eat all these. One is uh, weak and only eat vegetables. This shows a different level of faith. That's all it does. A different level of faith. Just like Jesus said in Matthew 15, 11. He says, it's not what enters into the mouth that defiles a man. He says, but what comes out of your mouth, huh? that's what's going to defile a man because what comes out of your mouth is coming from out of your belly or out of your heart coming through. So you can have one person that says, oh, this person eating this or they eating that and there ain't no way they can be saved. But in the same mouth, you have that same person talking all types of evil gossiping, and talking them down, putting the person in and out of heaven. He said, Jesus, Jesus said in Matthew 15, 11, he says, what's proceeding out of your mouth. That's what's what going to defile you. See, You see the difference? You see why well, we got to have some intelligent faith and not just believe what, what the what the preacher said it the, and the, what, the, the, what the, the district elders said it. The bishop, the suffocant bishop said it. What did Jesus say? What did, say? What did the word say? It's it's the time where where knowledge, the scripture, knowledge has knowledge has increased. There's all type of knowledge on the internet. You know what the internet is all the internet is is knowledge in in, in the in the in the space the internet. That's. This is just knowledge and technology everywhere, all around us. But when we come to church, we are like, we wanna stick our heads into the sand and and, huh? Read the scripture, see what it says, okay? Different levels of faith. That's all verse two is talking about. So what else it is, this is an area allowed for personal discretion and differences of opinion. Mm -hmm. I grew up and when I grew up, if, if if I disagreed with uh what a preacher said or what the pastor said, if I didn't have the same exact opinion, I was unsaved, or I had the devil's using me. That's what they told us. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to call a no preacher's name. That's not the purpose of what I'm saying. The point is, verse two is letting us know it's okay to have a differences of opinion and still be saved. It's okay. Because the Bible leaves space for personal discretion. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Okay. Verse 3. He said, The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats. For God has accepted him. Mm. Now now this verse. Verse 3 describes the weak and the strong. The weak and the strong. Paul said the strong shouldn't despise. There's a word to contempt. That means to despise. The strong should not despise the weak and the weak the one that, that you know the one that doesn't eat the weak is not to pass judgment. On the one who who eats. See, that's that's all the church is today. It's the weak and it's the strong. I had a. It came across my mind because I was listening. I was listening to this minister, and 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 what they were saying, it it just kept it just kept it just kept nagging at me, nagging it because it just wasn't lining up with the scriptures. So, I wrote something down on. The, Say this, and I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna say this. And the Lord spoke to me to he say, Hey, that's just an example of the weak and the strong. You pointing that out to them is not gonna better the relationship. It's gonna make the weak person offended. Mm-hmm because you see something in scripture that's that's in the scripture God give you but if they haven't seen it don't offend them by what God has shown you walk in the light that God has shined on you God may not shine that light on them yet so don't blast them with, with the light God has given you walk in your light and God in his time will shine enough light on everybody else okay the weak and the strong why do we accept the weak Huh? Why do us strong Christians or the ones that have more understanding of what the scripture is saying, God has more light? Why do we accept them? Look what he says. For God has accepted them. That's it. Huh? That's it. And he said so. And, 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 and God has welcomed him. Mm-hmm. Good word. Didn't say so. Mm-hmm. He said that's what, in other words, Paul saying, when God saved you. Say them too. That's it. So who are you to stand at the door and say who can help? God has welcomed him. God has accepted yeah. her, and brought us all together in the, house, in the house, in the ecclesia, so he can work on all of us separately. Mm. He didn't say, now, "Now here, you work on this." But you know, he doing the work on all of us because he he then then he said when he welcomed us into the to the to the wedding we all in the wedding we all got our robes on and he'll, he'll get us where we where we need to be he, God welcomed him and he welcomed you yes, he did. God is not it just seems like a lot of people think God is in heaven and he's and he's sitting on his throne like this and he got a big club in his hand just waiting to he's got to get me bop over the head. Bobby, God is not out to get us when he saves us. He He saved us because he loves us. He wants to bring us into his kingdom and make us into the image. Look how much he gave up for us. He's not out to get us. A lot of preachers are. A lot of misinformed evangelists and apostles and, and, and whatever they call themselves. If they're not teaching the word, they're they going to deceive you. They have to get you. God is not out to—oh, yes, He does have a standard of holiness. Don't yes, get does. me yes, twisted. He and He will judge for unrighteousness. Yes, He will. But God is not out to get us. He wants to save us and straighten us up. You know, verse three also lets us know. I'm gonna read a portion of the. I'm going to read verse three again. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats. For God has accepted him. Another thing that this verse lets us know is those that are weak in the faith are always the quickest to pass judgment on others. Mm -hmm. The ones that are the weakest and whose theological ship is about ready to sink anyway, they'll be the first ones to pass judgment on somebody else. Aye, aye. That's what it, mm-hmm. That's why Galatians 5.15 says, if we bite and devour one another, he's a, we're going to be consumed by one another. Mm-hmm. That's why he lets us know to accept each other. If God saved you, and if God saved me, that's God's business. It's not for me to, it's God's business, okay? Verse four. He says, who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or he falls. And he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. See. He said, who "Who are you to judge? You know why he said? he's said that we are not the boss of anyone. In matters of sin, we as the saints of God, we can judge a righteous judgment. We can judge in in matters of sin where the word of God is being transgressed, where uh, scriptural principle is, is plainly being abused we as the saints of God can judge a righteous judgment just like Jesus said in John 7 24 he's not a judge according to the parents right he's but judge righteously right. well well, how do I judge righteously uh, uh, Elder? how do I do All that right. by looking at the actions of a person or of ourselves and comparing yeah. them to what the word says not to compare them to what we think or what the tradition. By comparing them to what the standard of God's word That's righteous judging. He's a judge righteously. Who judge righteously? Who should judge righteously? We should judge righteously those that are in places of authority. When Jesus said 724, Jesus was talking to the scribes and the Pharisees. They were in places of authority back then. So they had to judge righteous judgments. They just wasn't doing it. But he's not telling us all right, to run around here and judge everybody. Uh-uh. That's why you have pastors and ministers and deacons. We all have our positions. but those that are in positions to judge righteously, he's doing it righteously. And not as a matter of what we see. Mm. Now that's in matters of sin, when the word is transgressed. But in matters of personal discretion, Huh? How should I wear my hair? Hmm. Should I wear should the ladies wear an earring? Personal discretion. In matters of uh uh how how often do I go to church or how long should I stay? Personal discretion. Mm-hmm. Huh? Well what well, well Dickens wife. May like to uh, uh uh go to see a movie on on Sunday nights after after church on on uh after they go to church Sunday morning, they may that may be their time for for husband and wife Sunday evening to go see a movie. That's personal discretion, okay? But you may decide to go to church that night. Are they are they unsaved just because you went to church that night and they went to the movies? They went they did serve God Sunday morning. Sunday huh? Well, you said what the Bible says, fail not to assemble ourselves. Yeah, the scriptures, yes, it did say that. But how often did the scripture say fail not to assemble? Mm-hmm. See? He didn't say he didn't say you could. <laughs> mm-hmm. See? Huh? Because some people, once again, I won't mess with you. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna beat myself up. Bad flesh, right? When I grew up, we was in church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Hey, 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 hey. Who are we gonna save in the world? We didn't have time to help nobody, cause we was in church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And if now we miss one day, we was unsaved. That's a matter of personal discretion. I'm asking you, saints, put on your thinking caps and read the scriptures. In matters of personal discretion, leave the judging to God. Yes, yes. He's the master of us all. And what he said, he said, How are you going to judge another man's servant? And he, Jesus, God is the master. God is the master. Look, even Job had, had this figured out way back then. What did he say? Job said, in Job 23 and 10, look what Job said. Job 23 and 10, Job said, remember when when, uh, Job's friends came to him and said, oh, you must did something wrong, you must did this, you must did that. Job said, Mm. Job 23 and 10, he said, but he, God, he knows the way I take. Yes, he does. And when he has tried me, Mm. see, I should come forth as gold. goal. See, God's going to work on all of us. Yes, he is. He said, my foot has held fast to his paths. Mm. This word is his paths. Yes, it is. Not what this one says is <laughs> his path. Job continued to say, I have kept his way and not turned aside. You can, we can't go wrong, but keep t- stand, taking heed to the word. And then he says, I have not departed from the command of his lips. Mm, good word. See? We can't go wrong by taking heed to God's word. Not adding to it. Not taking away from it. Not putting no traditions on it. All right. No, none of that stuff. Teach God's word to God's people, and let God do the separating. Mm-hmm. And he's a God will, will. God, look, look at, look at, uh, look at the latter part of verse four. He's a God will, and He, He said to His own master, He will stand. He stands up all, and He will stand. Yes, See that? Yes, that word, He will stand, is is in present. It's, it's in present tense, as if to say. He's standing now. As weak as we may think that person is, for that person can't be saved because uh, 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 they were this or, or they don't go to church on this day and, and they believe this. and they can't. Be, God says, they're standing now. Standing. Yeah. For the Lord is able to make them stand and we'll let them stand. We're going to get through verse 5. And then we're going to stop because I'm out of time. Good word. Good word. Verse 5. He said, one person regards one day above another. Another regards every day I like. Here, here's, here's where the rub comes in. What is that? Each person must be fully convinced mm. in his own mind. In his own mind. He said it plainly. One says one day One one says Saturday is more important to go to worship God. One says Sunday is more important to worship God. And what he says, one day day he says you got to do the high days. What about the low days, the in-between days? He says, huh, each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. What you say, preacher? In the matters of scriptural silence, well, the scripture doesn't say you have to go this day. You have to go oh, 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 go that day. Oh, because the Jews worshiped on a bunch of different days and a bunch of different feasts that we don't celebrate today because they don't have as much significance for a different culture. And that's why the Lord didn't require it as a prerequisite for salvation. So for us to say, you have to worship on this day, you have to observe this feast day, you had or you're not saved. One person regards one day above another, another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. See what I'm saying? Now, if it had to do with salvation, that's a totally different story. Right. But this one don't. Fully convinced. and matters where there's scriptural silence everyone must form their own convictions and be guided by the Holy Spirit. See? Each person must be fully convinced in their own mind. It's God's job to tell us what to wear, what to eat, or what to drink. Remember, verse 4 says, He's our master. It's God's job to tell us that. But if God chooses not to tell us what we got to wear, what we got to eat, what we got to drink, what we can and cannot go, if God in the scripture is silent on those areas, we're not calling them gray. We're just saying the scripture is silent. The scripture doesn't say yeah or nay. What makes us think? What 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 makes us think that it's our job to now impose upon people what they can eat, what they can drink, what they can wear? Because the scripture is silent. Because the scripture, God understands that we all must form our own personal convictions. You see why it was so important, important for us to set the foundation of the conscience? hmm so if you got a seared conscience, your personal conviction is gonna be wrong anyway. Evil. If you got an evil conscience, you ain't gonna come out. Hey, hey, you, you can take a snake out of the yard and put him in the bed with you. He's still a snake, and he's gonna bite you. Hey, you. Yeah. So once we got our conscience clean, now the Holy Spirit can guide us to where the Scripture is silent. It doesn't say it's sin or it's not sin, with the Holy Spirit. See, the basis, we lay the basis with the scriptural principles. See, that's the scriptural principles is the foundation of our of the Christian life. What does the scripture say as the foundation we lay? And then as we lay that foundation, the love of Jesus is the topsoil that we cover over that, huh? So the love of Jesus keeps me from rubbing you the wrong way and you rubbing me the wrong way. That's the love of Jesus, huh? Mm-hmm. And then the oil of the Holy Spirit comes on hey. top of that. And that's the manure going to make the grass grow, huh? Yeah. And the flowers. And he we're going to grow up in trees of righteousness. It's not because I'm telling you what you should wear and your wife's skirt is too short and your husband ought to cut his hair. Stop, 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 stop. stop. Yes. Yeah everyone must form be convinced in their own mind. And we're going to stop right here, but principles for a healthy conscience. It's it's time that we get back to teaching God's word and not traditions not opinions and not just Because that's what the elders have been saying. That's what the deacons have been saying. That's what we believe in in holiness. That's what we believe in in the Catholics. That's what we believe in Baptists. What does God say? Father God, we thank you for your word. We trust that your word is everything and more that we need to live a righteous and holy life. As the scripture says, I have showed you, O man, what you need to do, hmm. and how to be pleasing to God. Take us back to the scriptures and take us back to the basics. Peeling off tradition, peeling off rudiments of the flesh, and going back to what your word says, and requiring that of your people, nothing more, nothing less, that we may please it be pleasing in your sight. This we ask in Jesus' name.